Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's interview is with Clay Simpson, a runner coming off of a chase for an Olympic trials qualifying time in the marathon. We talk about going for it, dying as he described it, the slow death, as well as his positive mindset coming out of the race. Plus, why running fits his personality, what's next, and a whole lot more. Enjoy today's interview with Clay Simpson. Clay Simpson, welcome to Chasing Three Hours. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming in. I begin every podcast by asking my guests about how their most recent run went. I know you made it up to Omaha today to go on one. A chilly morning, a little damp at times. You you were at Lake Zerinsky. How did it go for you? Yeah, no, it was good. I uh, went with some buddies of mine, and um, one, of my, one of my buddies, he uh, he had never been to, to Lake Z, and we always we always give him a hard time because he... Uh, he has like these super negative feelings toward it, and we we never knew why. And so we took him up there, and um, we'll we'll see what his opinion is now. <laughs> I, he he didn't really say anything about it, so I guess we'll see. But no, it was a good one. It was it was nice and not too bad out there. How do you feel about days like today, where it's mid twenties, and I guess were were there flurries when when you were out there today? Yeah. How do yeah. you how do you feel about a, a weather day like today? We we had a little bit of snow, uh-huh. um, but I mean I like this. I'm a I'm a you know half tights and long sleeves hat and gloves type of guy. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, no, I I like it, and um, you know once you get used to it, once the hands warm up a little bit, yeah, it's it's pretty good. That's how I always feel too. It's like I just need to get a mile and a half, two miles in, hands warm, and then after that, I'm I'm pretty much yeah. golden yeah. as long as there's no ice out there. But it's just kind of powering through those first couple of miles yep, with the exactly. hands. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, so it, usually I start these things and I go back and then we work all the way forward. But I, I want to begin with with a chase that you were recently on, and that was for the OTQ. Um, it, you went out to CIM. Date wasn't wasn't the one that that you were hoping for. Uh, how how have you handled the emotions, the build up to that, um, and 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 walking away not getting what you were hoping to get out of that that morning? Yeah, I mean, like the, the thing with that one was, you know, I was I was going in, obviously trying to to hit the two eighteen, but um, you know, I was going in with a two twenty four high, um, you know, kind of set the goal as okay, like let's let's go for the two eighteen, um, knowing that that was pretty lofty yeah. to begin with. Um, so, you know, everything from last February when I hit that 224 to December was, you know, 510 to 520s, um, you know, in, in that, you know, all the workouts, everything was faster than I had ever trained at before. Um, you know, it definitely got more comfortable, but even going into it, I knew like, this is going to be the most difficult thing I ever do. Um, and you know, mentally like, I, I wouldn't say I had like a hundred percent confidence or even like eighty five to ninety percent confidence that I could do it. But, you know, that was the goal and um, you know, I was gonna go out there and, you know, do as as much as I could for as long as I could and um that ended up being about eighteen miles and then the wheels fell off fell off pretty good. Um, but you know, and it's it's one of those things like as far as like the emotions about it and everything, um, you know, with how how tough it got and um, you know, I had some miles, 21, 22, or, um, you know, every water station was, okay, this might be it. Like, I might have to, I might have to step off. Yeah. Like, I wasn't seeing straight, like, gels weren't going down, mm. um, stomach had issues. Like, I mean, everything that could have happened, <laughs> happened, um, which is just how it goes sometimes. But, um, you know, I, I finally got a gel down, um, got some fuel in me at about 21, and felt a little bit better. And so, at that point, you know... You know it's not your day, and I was just happy to get to the finish line. Um, I I remember my wife was telling me a little bit later that day of, um, you know, she was like, "Yeah, I was so I was so like nervous when when you got to the finish line because I didn't know like emotionally how you'd be doing. Like obviously you didn't have the day you wanted to and um and stuff like that. But you know, I t- I told her I was like I was just happy to get to the finish line. Like yeah. it was just one of those days like you you just so happy to finish and. Um, I still went my second fastest ever. I did it the tough way, yeah. but um, but it you know it was one of those things. And I think just you know confidence wise, it just gave me so much Good. of like you know you just did something for eighteen miles that you have never done before. Yeah. Um, and so you know it's kind of it's kind of nice looking forward into training and stuff like that because I don't have to take a step back. I can I can look at that and say you know I made five tens feel 
way easier than I ever have. Mm. And let's build off of that. And, you know, I, I don't know what my next full marathon is going to be, and that's okay. Um, but that's going to give me tons of confidence in those half marathons, 10Ks, 5Ks, you know, all that kind of stuff of just – Let's train at a higher level than we ever have because I know I can do it. So. I love the answer at the end or what you said there at the end because my, my follow-up, of course, was going to be, so how have you dealt with it emotionally? And I mean, it seems like you came out about as well as you can given what happened after mile 18. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, emotionally, it was it was one of those, like, I was just happy to get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think I had just a lot of peace about, like, you know, I still accomplished something. I still, again, I, I ran my second fastest full marathon ever. I actually ran my third fastest half marathon ever at CIM, so, which probably was to my detriment, but that's okay. <laughs> um, you know, it, like I said, it's it's one of those things that that's the beauty of, I think, distance running in general is, you know, People like us that we just love doing it. Like there's always that, there's always another chance, you know, there's, there's always that next one up. And so, um, it, I didn't really view that as like the end. Um, even though it was the last one to qualify for this, this OTQ, but, um, you know, we'll see what life, what life tosses at me and maybe in 2028 we'll go at it again. So I, I don't know. You, you said earlier in the answer that you, you knew mentally it was going to be tough going in. Um, was where, where did that show itself, do you think, the most? Was it just that holding that pace for that amount of times? Was it the gels that you mentioned? Was it something else? Where, where did the, the, the chase for 218 really show itself in that race for you? To be completely honest, I think I, I told myself, I said, you cannot look at the clock at halfway. Mm. You cannot look at the clock at halfway because it is going to be so fast. Um, it's, it's going to be, you know, faster than you've ever come through a half, like in a full marathon and, and stuff like that. And I looked at the clock at halfway mm. and, and, and what did I, it show? I think it was an hour eight twenty. Okay. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and, you know, at that point, like I was kind of starting to feel it already, like, um, had been dealing with like my calf was tight the whole week leading up to it. Mm. My hips were kind of off the whole week leading up to it, but you know, like when you do those marathons and stuff, the taper, it never feels good. You always have things that pop up that are like, okay, once I get there, it'll feel fine. Mm-hmm. But these things ended up not. And so I already, you know, was kind of feeling those things. And then I looked at the clock and it was like, at that point, I was like, you know what? Let's tone it back. Let's go for the personal best. Tone it back. It felt okay for a little while. Then, like I said, the wheels just fell off once the gels stopped sitting well and, and everything like that. But um yeah, I looking at the clock at halfway was super mentally tough because I was just like, oh my gosh, that was so fast. And and so I again I I that that kind of had to change the the mentality of like, you know what, two eighteen's not in it. Um and and let's see what we can do. And and we fought for as long as as long as I could, but like I said, it just kind of all all fell apart at the end, but that's okay. I was going to ask you, at what moment do you think that that because as you wrote on Strava afterwards, went for it, died the slow death. Was was the halfway point that kind of moment of when you realized it wasn't going to happen? I I think I held it together for like fifteen. Like I think fifteen was still like a five seventeen, um, and it felt still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it was after fifteen um, that yeah, that was like after fifteen. Um, you know, I saw some people that I knew that were, you know, out there chewing for me and everything. And I saw them, I kind of gave, um, my buddy a look of like, mm, I don't Not think this is the day. I, don't, I don't think this is it. Um, but again, at that point, like I had committed to that 510, 511, 512 that I don't think physically I was able to adjust back to the 520s, 530s. Whereas I think if I had been at the 520s, 530s, it would have been a whole different day. Sure. But again, that's not what we were going for. Yep, and yep. so, you know, I committed to that. And, um, you know, I once once it kind of started to fall back and, um, you know, those other things kind of started, you know, falling out of place. It just, yeah, it, it just, we had the day we had. And um, like I said, I was just happy to, to see that finish line. <laughs> so, so last year, um, you... 
and I ran it uh, the same race. We ran it the early bird 10 miler, yeah. which you won. And that was the first time for me as I have, I always tell people my running journey really began in 2020, even though I'd gone, done a couple of marathons before then. But I feel like that was the first race where it felt like this kind of homecoming for me where I was near the start um, with everybody else. And so I'm seeing all these friends that I have, have grown to, to know over the last couple of years. And it was just like a really cool moment where everything hit me of like, I belong with these people who are going, and so I was going for a sub hour, and I was able to get it, which was sweet. Um, so I, I say all that preamble to ask you about what is the start line like at CIM when there's that that I mean, there's always the energy right of a marathon. There's always that nervous energy of, am I in the right pack? Am I going to be going out with the right group of people? I have to imagine it's that times a lot of numbers for someone like you, where you are chasing, you know, the the, the best thing that can happen towards for an amateur runner. What 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 is that energy like? What is the, what are the nerves like when you get to to CIM and you the gun is about to to fire off and you're about to to head out? Yeah, I, CIM was such a different feeling. Um, like at the start line, like you know, I've done Boston, um, I've done a couple of other ones. I you know, and the you know, like those other ones, I was just so antsy. Yeah, I, I was so like, just I. We need to start. Like we need to go. We need to get off this start line. We, I just need to go and get settled in. But this one just felt so different. Mm. Um, in like a negative way? No, like in a positive way of just, it was almost like I was like at peace. Even before it started, you know, even before anything happened, like there was just like this piece of like, you know what? Like I've, I've put in, you know, countless, countless miles to get to this point, but I still don't know if physically I can do this. And, and I think that just gave me a lot of peace of just like, you know what, let's, Let's just go try. Let, let's go try something that we've never done. That you know, I've I've never even attempted, um, and and kind of like step into that unknown of like, can I do this or how long can I do this? Uh-huh. Um, and I think there was a lot. Like the, the coolest thing about CIM is, especially that last one before the last OTQ. Like mm-hmm. you have a lot of guys that are stepping up to that line. That are in that same mindset. They're like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure that of the, what, 28 guys that qualified, um, there was probably a couple that had stepped up to that line saying, I don't know if I can do this. And they did it. And there was also guys that probably stepped up to the line that were, like, extremely confident that they could do it that weren't able to do it. Yeah. Um, but the coolest thing about CIM, and it's what I've told everyone since I got back, was people didn't compete with each other. Like there was no competition. It wasn't, it wasn't like, I want to beat you because I want this place. It was, everyone was packed up. Everyone was together. Like the elites that had bottles, they would take their swig. They would get what they needed. And then all of a sudden they're looking around to everyone else. And it's like, Hey, does anybody need anything? Does anybody need anything? And like, that was the coolest thing because it wasn't a, I'm out here trying to beat you. It's I'm out here trying to do something and if you do that too, let's hug it out at the end, you know? And and if we go out and we don't do it, let's hug it out at the end because we both went for it. And so it was just such a different atmosphere because you had all these guys, you know, not only wanting something for themselves, but also wanting something for that guy that was next to them. Um, because the longer you stay in that pack, the easier it is. Like once it strings out, it's way tougher to keep that pace. And so if you can stay within that pack and you've got guys that are helping each other out and, and stuff like that, it was it was cool to see. Like even as I was falling back and all the the pack was passing me, <laughs> you know, it was it was still so cool to see like guys just passing bottles and and you know, like I saw a guy drop a gel on on the ground. Some guy stopped, picked it up, got back up to oh, him. Oh man. And so it's just like, you know, it was it was cool stuff like that of just like, you know, I don't care if you beat me. As long as we both hit this time, so it was it was cool. Like I said, it was it was nothing like anything I've experienced. Um, just the the collectiveness of of what the guys were trying to do, and you know, all the fans knew too. Like all the fans knew, like this is what these guys were going for. Like let's not give them the you know the typical like, hey, you're almost done when you're five miles in. Like nobody wants you to do paid that. for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not the cheesy one liners. It was like. Hey, let's go. Like Very cool. go get that OTQ, like work together. Like the fans knew. And so you can tell that, you know, CIM seasoned, like they know, they get it and and stuff. And um 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, if if there's one to go do to to try to get that, or even just like a PR, like it is top notch. It, yeah. it was awesome. Very cool. One one more about this, and then we can go all the way back. You, you you said it near the beginning of the conversation. We'll see what happens with 2028. Do you want to go after this again? Like I have to imagine, you mentioned your wife. It's it's a burden, obviously, all the time, all the hours, uh, all the miles. Not to mention just how that feels physically, mentally, the grind of it all. Is it something you want to do again by the time it's it's twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty seven, twenty twenty eight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to. I mean, the the thing is, is like, um, you know, obviously things are changing, and um, you know, who knows if they'll adjust that time again? Sure. I mean, with the shoes and and all that other stuff. That, that was two nineteen four years ago. I know. Yeah, and so you know, I don't know if they'll change it again. Um, and and that doesn't exactly like change my opinion on you know am I going to try to go for it? My ultimate goal is to go as fast as I possibly can. Yeah. And and you know whatever that ends up being, given my like life circumstances and and stuff like that, like that's twenty twenty seven is a long ways away. Um, a lot can happen in in that amount of time. And um, you know, I think the the nice thing is that you know I can build off of this last one. I can build off of the buildup of this this last one. And um. Just see where that takes the the time, um, and hopefully, you know, put together some good efforts and and see where we're at. And um, yeah, I mean, I I would love to, I, I'd love to go for it again. Um, but like I said, we'll we'll have to see when twenty twenty seven comes, what what life looks like, and and everything like that. Sure. So, so uh, let's go all the way back. Why why did you start running? What what led you to the sport in the first place? Yeah. So it's kind of a it's kind of a funny story. So I. Uh, I always played baseball. Okay. Like, when I was young and um, even into high school, I, I played pretty high level baseball. And um, the high school that I went to, um, I went to to Pius in, in Lincoln, and um, you know, high high level baseball school. Um, they my class especially. Um, you know, we've got a guy in in the in AAA right now. He's part of the Twins organization. He was in my class, and a couple other guys that went D one, like just a high level baseball class. Um, and so, you know, I tried out my freshman year and I didn't make it. Um, so at that point I was like, gosh, well, what, what the heck should I do? Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to try out again. I don't, I don't want to do anything like that. And so, um, kind of just sat on my butt, you know, my freshman year of high school and didn't really do a whole lot. And then, um, sophomore year, I was like, okay, I got to do something. Like, yeah. I just got to get, you know, get back in shape and, and stuff. I was pretty out of shape and, and everything like that. And, um, so I went out for track in, in the spring and, you know, when I, when I first started, I didn't know anything about it. I, I knew nothing. And I, uh, showed up to the first day and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to do the 400. Like, it can't be that tough. It's one lap. <laughs> and like, again, I knew nothing. And, you know, we go, we go to that first day and, uh, all the people that I knew, like all my friends that were on the track team, they were not with the 400 group. And I was like, shoot, I was like, I don't want to go do this by myself. And so I asked them, I was like, hey, what, uh, what group, like what event do you guys do? And uh, they were like, oh, we do long distance. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah, whatever. So I went with them and um, first day of practice, the coach was like, okay, we're going to go for four miles. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I've never done that before. Um, and so, you know, as the season went on, like, I stuck with them and, and everything just because I wanted to hang out with my buddies and um, ended up liking it. And um, then I started cross country um, my junior year of high school. Um, and I enjoyed that a lot more than than track. Um, it was just, the scenic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The scenic and just the I don't know, like the relationships on the team and stuff. I thought I thought it was fun. And um, so I, you know, continued with that, continued with track my junior year. Um, wasn't that good? I was on JV and and stuff. And um, oh wow! Then my senior year, um, you know, it was always a joke because I, you know, I detasseled over the summer, so I didn't run a step over the summer because I was just so exhausted from detasseling and, um, you know, show up to senior year cross country like you know I'm hoping like okay well maybe I'll be like top of JV like you know maybe we'll be on varsity me I don't know and. Uh, as that season went on, I got in, you know, relatively decent shape. Uh, we had a good team and, and stuff. And, um, we, I ended up being on varsity and worked my way all the way up to like our second guy. Um, wow. we ended up getting second as a team. I got 12th at state and, 
um, everything like that. And at the time, I was just planning on going to UNL. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of made my decision, like, I'm going to go to UNL. Um, you know, I want I want season tickets to football. That's why I went there. I, yeah, I, I want season tickets to football. Like, I want to go to all the games. Um, you know, I know people that are going to UNL. I'll just, I'll just go be a number at, at UNL. That's fine with me. Um, and then... I got an invite to like a recruiting dinner at Westland. Um, and I, I totally disregarded it. I was like, I'm not going to this. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then two of the guys on my team from high school, they were like, Hey, did you get invited to this thing at Westland? And I was like, yeah. And, and they were like, Hey, well, we're going like, maybe you should come. So I made my dad, I feel so bad. I made my dad call the coach the day of the event and see if I could still come. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, classic high school move. Oh, yeah. And, and everything. And um, the coach was like, oh, yeah, like, please come, please come. And, you know, I went to that event. I met the, met the coach at Westland. Um, I think I scheduled a visit like a month later. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, could this actually happen? Like, could I actually go and compete in, in college and stuff? And um, ended up committing to Westland and – you know, as time went on in college, like we had a good team and, um, you know, we had some opportunities to, to do some things that Westland hadn't done in a long time as far as like competing on a national scale. Um, and, you know, that kind of drove the motivation because I, I worked my way up into that middle of the pack, even at Westland. Um, and then all of a sudden, like my junior year, I found myself in our top five and, you know, we were trying to qualify and 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 stuff and you know that kind of like really got me into it um and then the success you were having yeah yeah and like you know most of that was just based on like how my team was doing and you know we loved hanging out with each other like we just loved our team and you know i wanted to pull my weight for the other guys especially because three out of our top five were seniors and and they wanted that success like they had never had before and um you know we ended up qualifying as a team and then going into my senior year was when like I I really kind of took it to like uh, like individually the next notch. Um, I lost like fifteen pounds over this course of one summer. Um, was running you know eighty eighty five miles a week. Like my my coach, I I talked to him. I was gonna say, was this like a plan that you were putting together, or was no? It something so that he like was doing? you know, he he gave me like my summer plan, and and we looked at it and stuff, and I was like. Coach, like I, I really think I can hit like some solid mileage, and and he was all for it. Like he was, he was happy with it. I think I got up to mid eighty um, by the end of the summer, which was wild. I, I never hit something like that, um, and it just set up a really good senior season um, for at at Westland. And um, you know, he was able to work with me on um, a lot of different things, and um, and stuff. And you know, that senior season ended up being really successful in in a lot of ways and um I think just set up more of like that desire to like test my limits a yeah, little bit more. Sure. Um and so it, you know, immediately after college, that was kind of what I wanted was, you know, I want to test that. I want to test those those limits and um the mileage and, and just see what I can do. Um and so yeah, that's kind of how we got to to where we're at now and um yeah, yeah, a lot of you know twists and turns and, sure. and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's 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 a fun story to think about. I, I'm always curious about runners who run in college, um, and and like that moment of like realizing you're good or, or that, that endurance sports or something. You know, like a lot of the guests that I've had on, it's it's all the way back in like the elementary or middle school, the the thing in the gym where you run back and forth with the the noises and you just have to keep going and how long you can last. That's a fascinating story because you're on JV through your junior year. Mm-hmm. And and then you're getting this this invite to a dinner as a senior. What what happened that that allowed for your coach at Wesleyan to to see that like that you could have that potential in you that you had 80, 80 plus miles a week potential in you by yeah. the time you were a senior? I think you know the the coach at the time um, he 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 retired uh, at the end of last year, but um, Ted Bowling was was the coach at Wesleyan, and um, you know that's just what he did. I mean he. He really took a lot of guys that, you know, they were decent in high school, um, but, you know, he had an eye and, and he, he really had an eye and um, he just could see like, you know, the people that had potential, you know, whether that was, um, you know, getting more on board with like 
a certain type of workout schedule or just, you know, unlocking certain, you know, potential with mileage and, and everything like that. But he, what he did, and, and he did it the, the best way I've ever seen, was, you know, when I was a freshman in high school, or when I was a freshman in college, excuse me, um, you know, he didn't set me out at 80 miles a week. Yeah. It was, you know, hey, I know you did 25 miles a week in high school. Like, we're not going to kill you this first year. Like, let's just let it build and let it build. And, um, but, you know, ultimately, like, with with kind of those extra things, you know, the lifting and, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I always knew just physique and, and body type wise, you know, I was never going to be as, you know, skinny and, and as just plain flat out fast as some of those other guys. So I kind of had to look at myself and, and say, okay, you know, how can we use this body type, but this, you know, a, a little bit, you know, less textbook distance runner sure. body type, I guess, you know, how can I use that to my advantage? And so, you know, a lot of, I, I implemented a lot of lifting and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and what I basically found was, you know, I might not just, I might not be as fast as one of those other guys, but if I can be stronger than them at the end of an 8K cross country race, maybe I can beat them. And and so I think Ted saw that too, and he saw what I was, um, you know, building, I guess. And, you know, he used that to his advantage with with how he was planning workouts. I used that to my advantage of, you know, how can I just be stronger than than somebody else? Um, and it ended up, you know, really working collectively well. Um, and, and like I said, he allowed me to, to test myself a little bit, um, while still being smart and, and, you know, being ready for that next effort that, that we were planning. So, um, like I said, I give him all the credit with, with the success that I had in college and, and everything like that. And, um, you know, he was, he, he changed my life for sure. I mean, I would not be doing this still if if he hadn't just you know invested so much into my success at Westland so where would you uh put mental toughness or where would you rank that in terms of what you were able to do because I, I just met you today but given the story that you told about CIM and how you've come out of that, that that could have affected a lot of people negatively it it doesn't seem like it has done that for you given the the physique that you mentioned you had in college and how it was going to be different and you're going to have to do it in different ways i just have to assume that mental toughness and your belief in yourself had to play a large part too oh de- yeah definitely i mean the thing the thing is is i've kind of always had the the mindset and it, it's helped me a lot is like you know this thing that you know we invest so much into yep. distance running and we invest so much into like what we try to put our bodies through but like i don't know at the end of the day like it's an activity you know at most it is a hobby in it's, the it's end, a right? hobby it yeah. is it is a hobby like we are not hobby joggers yeah. you know anything like that like we we invest a lot into it but like at the end of the day it's an activity and you know if if i'm investing too much into that that it's not fun anymore then like I need to take a step back and and think about you know okay what do I actually want out of this, um, and and you know how can I like try to be at my best in all aspects while also trying to be at my best in distance running, um, and so you know like I said, I think the biggest thing especially in college was like you know I I'm not saying that success is what made it fun. But like being on the cusp of being successful and being on the cusp of helping your teammates be successful was what made it fun. Like, you know, we were all working together to hit times that we never had hit before. And so all of a sudden, you know, the whole thing starts going and it was just fun. And and so I think, you know, you take a lot of pressure off yourself when you're just having fun. Yep. Um, and, and that's what I've always tried to do. Um, like I said, I would... I would take just having a good time and, and, and stuff like that over, you know, putting so much pressure on myself to hit something specific. Um, and so I think like on the mental side that, that helped a lot of just like, you know, I know who I am. I know what I want. Um, and at the end of the day, like this is a hobby. 
but I'm going to invest a lot into it because I care about it a lot. Is so. that how you are as a person in, in other aspects of your life too? Or is this like that thing where you really allow yourself, like, I'm going to throw myself into this thing. And even though it is just a hobby, it's going to be a hobby that I put a lot of time and effort into. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I think just my personality, I, I do invest a lot. Like, um, you know, we've made jokes like you're a Cowboys fan. I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> like I invest a lot in the Philadelphia Eagles. I invest a lot in the Nebraska Huskers, like football, basketball, you're like, you know, I go all in. Uh-huh. And, and so, you know, when I, um, and it's, it's the same with, with a lot of other things, you know, my job and, you know, my family and, and, and everything like that. Like, you know, I want to be all in. Um, and so I think just being all in with those things has allowed me to also say, you know, if I'm going to be a distance runner, you know, if I want to commit to that, like, let's go all in, like, let's try to be as, as good as we can. Um, and I, I think that just having that mindset of not obsessive, but, you know, being invested, I, I think that it allows you to then know how to healthily invest yourself in all the other aspects of your life. Um, it's, it's all about, you know, balance. And, mm-hmm. and so I, that's what I've, you know, I've failed at times of, of trying to balance it, of, you know, getting too worked up of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get my miles in today and, yeah. and stuff like that. But, um, it's, it's all about a balance and, um, it just, yeah, that, I think that that's kind of as the investment goes, um, that's, that's kind of how I view it. More from Clay Simpson in just a moment, but a reminder that I am again running in the Chicago Marathon. I will be in Chicago, Illinois this October. It will be my third crack at the Chicago Marathon, and I am hoping that it is my very best. Speaking of being at my very best, I'm also hoping to raise more money for the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital than I ever have before. This will be the fourth marathon that I have raised money for an incredible organization, did so in 2018 for the St. Jude Memphis Marathon did so for Chicago in 2019 as well as 2022 and I will be back again. Just head to the link in the show notes if you would like to support the hospital. They do some incredible things. It has been one of the proudest moments of my life, my running journey as well as I have been able to raise money for this organization multiple times now over the last, wow, over half of a decade. Again, if you would like to support me, I'm hoping to raise over $5,000 have gotten off to a great start so far. Just head to the link that is in the show notes and you can donate directly to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Back to my conversation with Clay Simpson. I've been seeing a therapist for over six years now and there was a stretch though where I wasn't going to her for a couple of years. And so the, the last time I had seen her, I had not fallen in love with running. And then I saw her, so after this stretch... And she asked me, she goes, what, what is it? What is it about running that, that you have found to, to love so much? And, and one of the things that came to my mind was I like the aspect of control where, I mean, obviously, you, knock on wood, you don't want to get hurt. But I feel like what I put in, I get out. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I really do view that as if I want to chase after big goals, I know that it's a commitment. But I think I have a belief in myself that I'm able to attain them. And so that's what I've always loved about it, where, like you mentioned, the Eagles for the Cowboys. Like, I put a lot of effort into that. They don't ever reward me. They have not rewarded me in my life. And, and maybe that'll change this season. You know, like, that, I hope not. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, <laughs> same for your team. But it's like, that's what's cool about, I think is really cool about running, is that it, it is it is controlled, but there's a lot of variables. You never know. I mean, I, I showed up in Lincoln last May. The, the weather that day was not in my control, and it was a bad weather day. On the other hand, the weather in Des Moines was awesome, and I was able to, to get out of it pretty much what I wanted. And so I think that's that's one of the cool parts about running yeah, on my end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean you see that with with people of all skill levels, of all places with the sport and, and everything like that. Like, you know, there's people that are just trying to do their first half marathon. But again, the ones that are going to, you know, put in the training, that they're, they're going to put in the time and, and, and stuff like that, like – they're going to enjoy that day a lot more than the people that sign up, don't do anything, and yep. then show up that day, and they're like, oh, this is awful. Like, why did I sign up for this? You know, the people that are going to actually invest in it, they're not going to be questioning why they signed up at mile 11. They're like, you know what? I did this. Like, I want to do it well. Um, and it, that goes, again, for the people that are just getting started to the elites, like the elites and and everyone in between. You know, like you said, you invest 
into it what you hope to get out and and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and um it's it's all about you know how you have that mindset after it doesn't turn out the way that you want to 100 percent. you mentioned your senior year and and the success that you were able to find do you think that that success is did that play a part in i guess what came next in that you wanted to keep going after big things getting into the marathon do you like essentially what i'm asking is without the success as a senior in college do you think that the the next what five years now you graduated in 19 i believe do you think the next five years would have unfolded in, in a similar way man that's tough like I said, I, I don't think it was like the the times that I was hitting or like the places or, you know, qualifying for national. I, I don't think it was anything like that. I think it was just that, you know, as we develop these goals, um, you know, throughout my entire college experience and, and that kind of stuff, like I saw that, you know, testing my my limits and testing my body and and using it in ways that i had never used it before like i enjoyed that i i i think like it it wasn't it wasn't like i can't go without this um but it also wasn't a i am completely burned out i've been doing too much over the last four years um and that's what i've always said about about coach bowling was that you know if you chose to and you wanted to, how he set you up in college, it sets you up for success after college. And um, you know, it's so unfortunate when you when you talk to some people that were athletes in college and these, you know, some of the coaches and and just the training style, it was, you know, survival of the fittest, yeah. basically. And and you have these these people that get out of college and they're like, that sucked. They're burnt out. Yeah, and they're just done, and and they never run another step. And it's just it's sad to see that because you know these are people that at one time they loved it. You know they they did it because they enjoyed it, and then you know certain experiences tainted that view, and and they get out of college, um, and and they just don't want to do it anymore. And and I'm just so thankful that you know my college experience was you know let's set you up well as you leave. And, and as you, you know, go out and you ultimately get to choose what you want to put into this. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, what I got out of my college experience and kind of what was instilled through the, the style of coaching that I had was that, you know what, like, as long as you're having fun, you will want to continue doing this mm-hmm. in whatever capacity that is, whether it's competitive, whether it's just to stay in shape for your family, you know, whatever, whatever that is, um, like, if, if you enjoy this, you will want to keep going. Um, and, and, you know, up until the last step at Westland, like I did enjoy it. And, um, and so I think that's kind of what I took out of it, um, was, you know, just how can I test myself and let's just keep enjoying this. Like, yeah. let's keep having fun and, and stuff like that. So you graduate in 2019, you get married in 2019, which and in 2019 obviously ends up being like one of the last normal years we've, <laughs> yeah. we, we end up having for a few. Like, do you ever look back on that and say like, man, I'm happy we got in. You get married at the very end of the year, essentially, right? I mean, right before everything hits the fan. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking back on that, what what is what is your wife meant to you throughout? I mean, in general, but also throughout this this running journey that you've been oh, on. she's she's amazing yeah we we always have to we always look back on a on an anniversary we always look back and we had 600 people at our wedding oh my god and it was you know three three months before covid hits and we're just like oh my gosh like if we had planned this wedding like a couple months like we're so like big social like we're not like small circle people uh-huh. like we're big social people and we're like, there's no way. There's no way we could have had a wedding with just our immediate family. Like, we would have hated it. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, she is, uh, yeah, she's phenomenal. And, um, you know, I, it's just, I, I've definitely had to sacrifice certain things or make things look different, I guess, um, so, that, so that I can do this. And, um, you know, she's always just been so supportive and, um, you know, always wants to travel with me and, and see, you know, those things happen live and, and everything like that. And, um, you know, now that we have kids and, and everything like that, it's just, um, yeah, I mean, she's, she is the reason that I can do, you know, what I enjoy doing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for 
you know, just the the part that she plays in in my life and yeah, um, and everything like that. Very cool. Um, so you graduated nineteen. When does the marathon enter the picture? I'm always so curious about this with former college athletes. I, I've referenced an interview I heard, and I wish I had the coach's name on my sheet right now. But this coach essentially uh, had this idea of if you ran in college, you know, and you're, and you're talented. Maybe don't just focus on the five or the ten k because you know, especially if you're at a lower level school and you're really wanting to chase big dreams, it's going to be harder. Why not try the marathon instead? Mm-hmm. What, why, and and when does the marathon enter the picture for you? Yeah, I mean, like I said, with with like the mileage that I ended up hitting um, in in college that summer after my senior year, um, I didn't I didn't compete at all. Like I didn't do anything. Um, and, and I ended up getting up into like the eighties, nineties, everything like that for mileage. I, you know, I remember it was August of 2019 and I did a, uh, I went 20 miles and it was so, so tough. Like I remember like those, those last few, I had to stop at a stoplight and I was like, I can't keep going. Like I, my legs were just shot, you know, ended up finishing it out and everything like that. But it was like. I got done with it and I was like, man, that was long, but that was fun. Uh-huh. Like that was a long time to be out there, but that was fun. Um, and I was actually planning on jumping like straight into it. Um, you know, I did my first half was the good life halves in 2019. It went well. Um, and it may have been naive and, and stuff, but I was like, yeah, like let's go for the full, like, let's just start it out now. And, uh, you know, at that point, my I'm trying to think. My yeah, my wife and I had just found out we were expecting with a first, like at the beginning of 2020. Um, and so I was like, yeah, like let's do a full, you know, before we have the kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm never stuff. gonna have as much time yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, that was 2020, and so I signed up for Lincoln. Yep. And it got canceled. Sure. And you know, for a couple weeks after it got canceled, I was just like, what the heck? Like, what do I do? Like my legs just ached and stuff. I was like, I you know, I was training without any sort of purpose because there was no com- competition opportunities. And you know, I think looking back, I I think that that was probably the best thing that could have happened because then I waited until 2021 to do the full. You know, had a full another year of mileage under my belt, and so you um, felt more prepared by that time. Oh then. yeah, absolutely. Um, and by I, I look back on it and I think that that 2020 marathon would have gone awful. Mm. I think I would have gone out way too fast, mm. you know, um, not been able to sustain it just because I didn't have that mileage base. Like that's only, you know, 12 months since I graduated college of trying to build up to a full marathon building block. And I just don't think that that was good. So I, 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 I think that that COVID Time. Lining. Yeah, yeah. I think that COVID time just for canceling that marathon because I really don't think it would have gone well. Yeah, and what an interesting fork in the road for you. Yeah. If it doesn't go well, I mean, you know, I know my first marathon didn't go very well, and I eventually have run many, many more. But you, you just never know if if you have a really bad first experience, you just you just might say, I don't know if this is going to yeah. be the thing that I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, twenty twenty one, it ended badly. You know, Lincoln Marathon ended badly. Lincoln's not an easy course. No, and, it is not. And stuff and. Um, you know, I, I actually blacked out with two miles to go. Oh my gosh. But was just putting one foot in front of the other. Like one of my buddies saw me with a half mile to go. And, um, he, before he yelled my name, I was actually headed straight into a light pole and he yelled my name. I got back on the sidewalk and I finished, um, somehow stopped my watch and I passed out immediately. Oh wow. But it was like, after that, I was like, I don't want to do this ever again. Like this, that sucks. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm in the medical day. I got two IVs in. Like, I don't. I don't want to get to this point again. Like that's not that's not fun, you know. Obviously, ultimately, I yeah. ended up having better finish line experiences. Um, what's a lesson that you learned from that? What's a, what's a lesson to take away from blacking out in a marathon? Well, it, the I think that what caused that was um, the lack of fuel. I I had only taken a couple gels, and then I assumed that they would have them on the tables. But again, like we were still kind of in COVID times. Yeah, it was, and so, it was a weird one. Yeah. And so I only they, did the half that year, but it was a little yeah, different. And yeah. so I thought they would have gels out in the first half and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So I like spaced out the gels I had way too much because oh. I wanted to make sure that I had some later on. Um, and then in the second half, they had the gels out. So I could have taken the ones I had 
Um, but that, yeah, that one was completely just lack of fuel. Like that was what caused that completely. Mm-hmm. It was, it was kind of hot. Um, cause Boston ended, ended up going a lot better, um, just with the fueling and, and everything like that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it, they always say like, it takes a couple of times yes. to actually get like the strategy down. And I think that's what makes the marathon so different is, you know, even a half marathon, you can go out and you can just do it. Like if you don't take gels, you know, if you don't take a cup of water, like you will get to that finish line. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that in a full, like you will not get to that finish yeah, line. You're toast. Yeah. And so it's, it was figuring out like, man, there's a lot more to this than just going and putting one foot in front of the other. Um, and again, it just, it comes with the experience and it, and it comes with, you know, just figuring out like, okay, what works, like what gels, you know, do I take water? Do I take Gatorade? Like, you know, how do I set this up? Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you have a plan and it doesn't go that way. Um, but, but it does, it takes a couple of times to actually, you know, figure out, you know, how do I set this up for myself to be successful? Um, and I just did not do that at Lincoln. And, but again, I didn't know, like yep. it was my first one. I had no idea. Um, so yeah, like I said, it just took a couple of times to actually nail that. And, uh, but yeah, like I said, Lincoln was, it's, it's funny to look back on it, but at the time it was like, man, I don't want to do this yeah. again. So where do you feel like you're at now with race strategy, figuring out whether it's the, the actual pace itself, whether it's figuring out the nutrition component before and then during a race, uh, you know, taking in the hydration, you know, I, I had on a guest at the beginning of this year, David McCann, and I told him, I said, my goal for this year is to figuring out what to, to take in during a race, because my last three marathons now it just i felt very gassy very burpy and so i'm trying to fit and, and it's been with different types of gels and so i'm trying to figure out am i training wrong do i need to do a better job of training and, and preparing my gut um where, where do you think you're at now a couple of years later now what three years later in terms of having that kind of the the race or that part of the race down yeah i mean like the gels and stuff it's 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 kind of frustrating sometimes because you know, you can, you know, I practiced with my gels for 16 weeks, same kind, same flavors, you know, same everything. And then I, I never had an issue. And then of course at mile 18 of CIM, I had an issue. And so like, there's some things like with the gels that you just can't plan. Like, yep. You have no idea how it's going to affect you on that specific day. Um, you know, from the get go with, with marathon, um, like, competing and, and stuff i took a water cup at every station you know most times you don't get a whole lot in your mouth so if you take them at every station like at least you're getting some um and and so i think honestly like the the biggest thing for me and just like figuring out you know my strategy and and everything like that is you know now okay i i had you know my 224 um, that I did at Mesa, mm-hmm. um, very favorable course yeah. to, to go that fast. Um, you know, I had the, the two twenty nine at CIM, but I had those 18 miles down in that five ten to five twenty. Now it's kind of figuring out, you know, okay, I know I can go faster than, than the two twenty four. I know I can't go as fast as the two eighteen. So like, what am I trying to hit now uh-huh. um and what a fun question yeah it's 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 i mean i think that you know where i'm at is somewhere between those two i don't know how close it is to the 224 i don't know how close it is to the 218 but um i know it's not either of those mm-hmm. so it's kind of you know one of those of as i you know prepare for that next one you know whatever it ends up being um you know i i'm hoping that i can train the same way i did for cim Maybe go out a little bit slower and hope that maybe 520 feels easy mm-hmm. um, because, you know, that'd be about 220, um, which would be awesome. I'd be so happy with 220. Um, and I, uh, yeah, but well, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Just kind of the pacing wise, I, it's, it's fun to be able to kind of gauge where you're at in, in a lot of different aspects and, um, that's kind of how I feel I'm doing right now. I think one of the most fun parts about running, especially when you are going after really big goals, um, is just how fast can I go? You know, like I right now my my PR is is 251. 
And like, so I th- I certainly think I can go sub two fifty. I'm going to go for that this year when I run Eugene. And then it's like, okay, so then then what else? Yeah. You know, I, I remember on on uh, on a running subreddit after I I got my first sub three, I kind of asked that. I was like, here's here's kind of my stats. Here's what I've done. Here's my mileage. What can I do? And then, of course, the answer is I don't know. Yeah. You you got you just got to figure it out. And like, I think that that it's like. In one way, it's a little daunting, but it's also fun because it's like, you know, there will be one day where I run the fastest that I will ever run. And it's like, I, I maybe will know it in the moment. But on the other hand, it's like, maybe I'll be like, I can beat this and then I never will again. And yeah. it's like, it's yeah. just kind of fun and, and also a little scary to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And like, I even had that thought um, after Mesa, you know, I was I was pretty locked into a, a specific pace and, um, you know, I hit exactly what I wanted to um, at that one. But of course, you can look back and go, oh, man, like, this. what if I was hitting 522s instead of 526s? Like, I could have cut another minute off. <laughs> it's easy to say looking back, you know, than, um, than actually in the time. You know, I think I paced that one pretty well. But, um, but yeah, you know, there's, there's times where, you know, every half marathon I've done, I, I feel like, man, I wish I could have gone faster in that one. But in the time, it's like, no, I was, I was, you know, giving 100% effort in that half marathon. Like, I was going as fast as I could have. So, um, it's, again, it's just, you know, building and, um, you know, putting in the mileage and, and stuff like that to just see, you know, when that next competition comes of, you know, what can I actually go for? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you, you mentioned the wedding and, and how many people were there, which is perfect because I wanted to ask you about the, I mean, it just really seemed like you were super involved in the running community, not not just in Lincoln, where I know you run for the Lincoln Track Club, and I believe you're on the board of directors for the, the Lincoln Track Club, um, but but Nebraska as well. I, I see you running in local races, again, whether it's in Lincoln or, or Omaha or any of the other areas a lot. You run with a, a bunch of people that I know and then people I don't know. You you came to Omaha today to go for a run. Like, what, what has that been like as you have, you know, I, I imagine you have a lot of friends that are not into running, but you also have a lot of friends that are under running that has to just be incredibly rewarding yeah it's cool so um you know a lot of the guys that i go with um in in the mornings um down in lincoln um you know there's one guy um he's he's one of my club teammates um we didn't even know but we lived like less than a mile away from each other um and back in 2021 he facebook messaged me and he was like hey this is who i am like i know that you're way faster than me but there's some days where i like want to you know run you know mid sevens uh for pace and everything like that and he was like would you want to meet up with me sometimes and i was like yeah i was like there's nothing worse than having to go out there at five o'clock in the morning by yourself in the middle of february so oh, i was yeah. like absolutely i will go with you <laughs> um and yeah so we started meeting up and um you know we became like super good friends and um you know we've had some people move back to lincoln um and you know he knows tons of different people and um and stuff like that and so now we have like this whole like group of guys that has then you know met other people and and you know we're always open to uh you know people coming and joining us if they want to get up at five o'clock in the morning um but you know it's it's cool i'm i'm always so like blown away that there's so many people that just work schedule family schedule that have to go at five o'clock in the morning but we all live so close um, and so we, we get the chance to, to meet up with each other and it helps so much. Um, and then, you know, just going to a smaller school like Wesleyan, like a lot of the guys that I was on the team with, you know, they live in Lincoln, Omaha, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, um, I'm just thankful I can still meet up with them and, um, everything like that. Like that's, um, a couple of the guys that I met up with, um, this morning were college teammates and, and stuff like that. And so, um, it's just yeah, I, I, the the running community is just so different than a lot of other things. Um, just because you know it, a lot of especially the guys, and I'm sure there's you know the the range of of females is is like this too. But you know, like in all group of like eight or nine guys that go together in the morning, sometimes you know we've got guys down in the two twenties for marathons. We've got guys up at like the three hours for marathons, but when we just go easy pace, yep. it's all about the same. And so, you know, you have this wide like disparity of like paces when we're actually competing, but nobody cares about that. Yep. Just on a weekday morning, like we all like, just enjoy each other's company. And um, I think that's what's so cool is that you can kind of bridge the gap a lot of times between yeah. like 
just different pieces and and stuff like that and um you know there's just so many of those types of communities you know in lincoln and omaha and and stuff like that and um you know just being a part of that is is fun um and and stuff and i don't know as many people as probably know me um which which i'm always trying to you know meet meet new people and and that kind of stuff but um yeah there's just there's just a good community and um it i think it helps everyone in that in that spectrum of skill level you know longevity of how long they've been doing it like if you have somebody else to go with it will help you Mm -hmm. like automatically it will help you and it 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 seems like most people have other people to go with and and that's what's so cool um just about how midwest people are um that's just how we are and and stuff and um but yeah especially those winter months it helps so much having other guys that are like yeah i know it feels like negative 10 but i'll meet you at five (laughs) o'clock in the morning um but yeah i i'm just super thankful for that yeah i I can't remember who it was but there was a guest at some point in in his his marathon time was somewhere in the 220s he was like look as long as i'm not doing a workout he's like i don't care about my easy if i have to run this x minute miles it's gonna be totally fine for me i can i'll do my workouts um but it it, and i think that's one of the cool things it's like obviously there's competitiveness within it um but but you you told the story earlier too about cim and people passing around bottles i mean like it's pretty unique amongst yeah. competitors, I think, and that's one of the things that makes running, I think, different. Uh, I did want to ask you about being on the board of directors. What, what does that entail, and how did how did you get involved? Yeah, so I uh, so I work for um, the Chamber of Commerce down in Lincoln. So specifically, I'm um, I'm with Visit Lincoln. So we um, just try to promote um, you know local organizations, local businesses, um, everything like that, while also trying to you know bring events um, and everything like that to the city of Lincoln. Um, and so, you know, being involved in the position I have just for my full-time job, um, you know, my goal is to help enhance just the image of Lincoln and and the programs and the organizations and and everything that Lincoln has to offer. Um, I was born and raised in Lincoln and I, I, I love it. I'll never leave. Um, and so, you know, being so involved just athletically in what the track club puts on with just their um, their races and, and everything like that, you know, I thought it was a, a, a cool opportunity to just be involved in a different way. Um, and, you know, give, give input from my perspective on the city's side and, um, you know, being able to, you know, almost bridge that gap of like, how can we help promote them? Um, you know, visit Lincoln does, a lot to promote pink gorilla as well like we just want to promote what lincoln is doing and and so the lincoln track club they're doing so much um you know with the marathon and and all the other races that they've had you know buffalo run has been around for 50 years i mean it's it's same course same place like everything um and so you know with the longevity that they've had um if if I can be a part of that and, um, again, kind of bridge that gap between, like, my own desires for what the city of Lincoln can provide for the running community and um, people that are looking to get into it and, and everything like that, um, then I thought that was a, a, a cool opportunity. And um, there's there's just so many phenomenal people, um, on even on the board of, the, board of directors and just involved volunteers with the track club and um, – I'm I'm thankful that I was able to um you know kind of have a seat at the table and just listen to you know the plans and um you know what they're hoping to do and um you know give my input when it's needed and and stuff like that but um obviously those other people have been doing it for a lot longer than I have so um I I just kind of you know try to try to listen to how they're trying to help the the community and and stuff like that. How did you become an Eagles fan? My grandpa lived in Philly. Um so he was always a fan, um, and so he passed that on to my dad. And then the first professional sports jersey that I ever got was a white Donovan McNabb, like youth-sized jersey. Um, I was going to say, given your age, I was trying to figure it out. I was like, yep. I bet it was those those teams that you know went to a lot of NFC Championship yep, games. Donovan finally. McNabb, yep. yep. So um, the first Super Bowl I actually remember fully watching was when we lost the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when back in 2017 when we beat them, that was just like the pinnacle. 
Um, I jumped in the snow after that happened. I got the flu. It was, it was wild. <laughs> I ended up, yeah, I ended up in the hospital because, oh yeah, I had like a 104 fever because <laughs> I jumped in the snow without my coat and I just laid there in the snow um, when we won. And yeah, it was wild. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to, to do that again, but we'll see. Yeah, when this episode releases, it'll be, I'm trying to fit it, I mean, somewhere around the divisional or the conference championship round. Oh, man. So, so hopefully you're eliminated by that point. Yeah, well, I'm thinking the same for you guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, My wife, I know, is agreeing with you. Uh, what's your favorite part about running? The community. Easy. easy. I, I Again, I would, if I could never compete again, if I could never run fast again, but I got to meet up with the guys that I meet up with at five o'clock in the morning, the guys that I meet up with on the weekend, you know, go to races and talk to people at the start line, the finish line. If I had all of that and I never got to compete at a high level again, I would be happy. So I finish every podcast asking my guests about what they're chasing. It could be a literal time goal. It could be qualifying for something or it could just be a feeling. Clay Simpson, what are you chasing? I am chasing the... I would say I'm chasing just the ability to keep going, um, the the ability to just continue to test myself. You know, as I get older, as I get busier, um, more you know, family stuff, everything like that. Of just you know, what what can I still do? Um, and I I don't know what that's going to be, and I don't even really know what I have planned. But um, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun along the way, and um, we'll just see what it takes us. Clay Simpson, thanks for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again to Clay Simpson for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance, as well as music and sound design. Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me as I write about my experiences training for the 2024 Eugene Marathon. Email me at Chasing3Hours at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend.